Shut up, I love it. this some people wait a lifetime oh, yeah. shut up i love it this is joe cabello from the show shut up i love it hosting this show which is also shut up i love it and i'm here with the i don't even like calling you the co-host i am chewbacca you are han solo i'm the han solo at least of this podcast my name is Sasha Feiler. This is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast where we invite a dear guest to talk about something underrated, misrepresented, misunderstood, hated, reviled. Just, I don't know. You tell us, dear guest. You, he, will, he will tell us. And um, yeah, that's the thing we're going to talk about. Who do we have today in the studio today, Joe? Oh, drum roll, please. Slap your thighs, even if you're driving. <laughs> Slap your thighs with both hands, do a drum roll. Hopefully you're in a Tesla. We've got a journalist and author of the 30 Rock book, an oral history and critical analysis of the modern Tina Fey classic. He also writes TV drama scripts with his wife, Christiana, and used to write and perform sketch comedy here in LA where we're located. We have Mike Rowe. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. We've been, you know, trying to get you, and finally it all came together. I, I mean, I'm glad my people got got in touch with your people. You finally met my demands, <laughs> got my writer. It's, uh, I, I'm glad I got all the green M&Ms I want. Perfect. So many of them. You uh, so suggested many. them in uh, kilograms, which is hard for me to to switch yeah, to. Well, w- uh, well, my grandmother is from England, so it's just, you know, carry the kilogram thing down the family <laughs> line. And uh, yeah. bringing it to y'all. You should be deported. And I welcome you. <laughs> we probably should. Probably to, should. As she said, I welcome you. I said, you should be deported <laughs> at the exact I mean, same my, time. M- my mom was born in uh, in not a state. She was born in Hawaii before it was uh, even a state. So so really, I, I shouldn't really be American. Come on. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Okay. And we'll, I love a good kilogram. I love a good kilogram. You would discussion. So if you if you, you if you would. ever want to, I'm down. I'm I'm here for all the kilogram talks and the millimeters. And I mean, that's the only all, podcast all the I listen stuff. to is kilogram talk. So, <laughs> so really, this is a whole new experience for is me that being you here heard? on a, a non-kilogram podcast. So surprisingly is good that, podcast. Very many episodes. I mean, it just keeps on on. Although it's hard to tell how many it is exactly because of the conversion. Yeah, the, so. the podcast episode <laughs> conversion to metric yeah. is so much harder than even Celsius to Fahrenheit. What are we getting at, <laughs> Sasha? I cut you off to ask. You were asking probably the most important question of the podcast. Yeah. Are we talking about kilogram in this episode, Mike? Or is that what you came here to defend? No, I'm here to talk about something that's not from overseas, something that's very American, American Idol. Oh. That is the thing that I love with all of my heart. USA. So I'm here to I'm here to evangelize to you and to everyone out there. Wow, wow. I love the passion already. That's all I live for here in Shut Up, I Love It. I just want to have a guest who is super excited. And I can tell you are. 
And what's more American indeed than American Pie and American Idol? Mm-hmm. For those who don't know what it is, we have listeners that are all over the world. What is American Idol? Uh, so it is a television show that recently uh, it came on the air 20 years ago, starting in 2002, was a hit on American on, uh, on Fox for uh, a number of seasons while Fox was still a popular thing, uh, and uh, went for 15 years, got canceled. And now came back in the last few years on ABC, uh, but has created some amazing careers. From Kelly Clarkson, won the first season of that show, uh, and you know, amazing voice. Carrie Underwood came out of that show. Um, the current Kelly's singer of Queen, Adam Lambert. There's a uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of big names have come out of American Idol over the years and had an impact on our music landscape. Sure did, sure did. Now, um, why is this a good topic? Shut up, I love it. I mean, sounds like a very popular show, maybe even one of the best ratings of all time, if I'm not mistaken. That's true, but I think that there is definitely a lot of haters around mm. it. Like, it's a show that is very pop <laughs> music focused. It is not a show that is cool, it's never been cool. It's like, uh, you know, I, I think that it is something though, like, you know, I've always been a pop music fan, so I think that that's uh, something that I've connected with with it. And, you know, I think that because uh, you have some cheesy hosts, you have, uh, you know, Dunkelman, got to represent Dunkelman, the uh, the season one host who uh, sadly was kicked to the side. And uh, when they originally had two hosts, him and Ryan Seacrest, both with Fo- Frosted Tips and so forth back at the time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they, they uh, Brian Dunkelman, he did like a uh, an online web series a few years back about, uh, you know, how he made a terrible mistake of leaving <laughs> the show the, before right before it became the most popular thing in the world um, because he felt bad about them making fun of kids. Uh, but you know, uh, it's, it's a show that I think has had a big impact on the culture. I think that I connected with it because, um, there's two sides of it. Like there's the audition rounds. It's like a contest show, singing contest show, the audition rounds where it sort of became famous at first because they would have these terrible singers who would, uh, humiliate (laughs) themselves on public television, often, uh, you know, being ripped apart by a mean British man, Simon Cowell. (laughs) And, uh, and then, you know, as the show evolved, um, they were sort of known for the mean part, but then when you get into later rounds, there's actually good singers there. And like, uh, actually, um, you know, people who have a lot of talent. So I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, this is cheesy. You're selling out. It's on, uh, you know, mainstream television. So I think that's that's one thing people have a have a bone to pick with American Idol. But I think that it is there's actually something much deeper beneath that. Hmm, interesting. Yes, this is a very family show. Like you know, if you have if you live with your family, it's very fun to watch. As a single person living alone, it might not be. <laughs> uh, you know, it was like I first discovered it in college. I was in college when it first started. Um, and my, I, I remember that the I was doing an internship for a radio station, and the music director of the station mentioned, like, "Hey, have you seen this this American Idol thing?" Like, and season one, it was sort of very under the radar, wasn't a big deal yet. Um, and I started watching it mostly to kiss up to my boss. Uh, but then I was like, I actually kind of like this. And then season two, um, I was in college and I remember like all my sweet mates were watching it 
And so I, I started watching it with them. And I, I got hooked. And that was the season my mom started watching, too. Uh, so family. it sort of became like a family connection thing. Uh, didn't live with them, but, like, you know, would uh, get a go, uh, call back and forth with her about it. She was in love with uh, Ruben Stutter, who was one of the big, <laughs> who won that second season. Um, I took her to the concert tour of uh, American Idol that year. And uh, she was, she was, it was pretty good and uh then after that we went to the concert tour every year almost every year after that wow you were really in it and is that is the concert (laughs) tour is that uh some of the people who just were on the show but didn't win on that or is it just it's the top 10 most of the seasons um usually it's funny because in the earlier years they would start with the person that came in 10th place and then work their way up until they close with the winner um, and then, like, and they, they would do some duets too, like, sort of bring people together. I remember I went to the season eight concert, and that was the year where the winner was this guy, Chris Allen. The number two person was Adam Lambert, who would go on to sing with the band Queen as their new permanent lead singer and had a really incredible stage presence. And, uh, I have to say, like, I, I didn't love him on the show itself, but live, uh, I don't know if I've ever heard a crowd lose their minds as much as I did for Adam Lambert. Wow. Uh, he was he, a musical like, theater wow. guy, too, right? Yeah, That's exactly. His, his thing. He was on. He was in Wicked on Broadway before he uh, went on there. I remember hearing that he uh, he went out to Burning Man and had like a vision, and that led to him to audition for American Idol. Uh, <laughs> really one of those that. kind of dudes. Uh, all but it, hey, all it, it did was make me shit my pants. So, uh, well, I think he might have done a little bit of both. It sounds like <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, like they he uh, came out. It was, the crowd lost their minds, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, when the actual winner came out after him, everybody quietly sat down and listened to him uh, on his acoustic guitar. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. Like, I feel <laughs> real bad for the guy who won. This has to suck. This happening every single night. Yeah, change the, the order. Guy... Yeah, exactly. So then every season since then, they don't go in order of... Uh, of they, did, they stopped doing that after that. I think they realized, like, we can't do this to anyone else. Uh, mm-hmm. There are there are going to be people who play slower, who some fans like more, etc., and like might just have more dynamic styles. So yeah, you got to uh, build a show, not stick. Yeah, to exactly. The, the not episode. stick to the uh, the 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 placing of uh, America's votes. So yeah, it was. Uh, I think it's also been like a fascinating, um, you know, evolution in in how TV works. From uh, you know, the judges went from being sort of just like random, like folks who you know, Paul Abdul, who was sort of washed up at that point, uh, Randy Jackson, who's a producer and used to play bass for Mariah Carey. Uh, yeah, he was wasn't a, a household name or anything. He was definitely not a household name. Simon Cowell, not not no America's Got Talent yet. He was a British guy who, over in Britain, he uh, he had been um you know worked on doing albums where they would get like kid show characters to do albums and that was sort of his big thing was like <laughs> like the power rangers do an album or whatever um, i mean and, great i mean i have to say thank you for your service simon cowell because that right? power rangers album was great got some bangers yeah, yeah. uh but like uh you know I, it, it was sort of started there but then like it became like celebrity driven like now the three judges on the show in the current season it's Katy Perry uh Lionel Richie and um country guy whose name is uh, Luke Luke Bryant so uh mm-hmm. so they sort of like hits different parts of the American musical landscape. They have, like, the older guy for, like, you know, family audiences, like you mentioned, like, with Lionel Richie. They have the pop person, and they have the country guy. Mm-hmm. Classic. 
Yeah. Do you do you sing? I do sing. I was uh, I started singing in high school. I was from my high school's radio station, and one day the choir director just happened to uh, walk walk in to check out the station, and he was like, "Yeah, you should you should sing with the choir." Uh, so I did because it just sort of stuck with me and, um, I got very into music, sang with, uh, choirs and gospel choirs for a while. Um, started college as a music major before realizing I wasn't good enough, uh, and didn't care about classical music theory enough. Mm. Um, and then I, I went on to actually audition for American Idol. Oh, really? Wow. I was neither good nor bad enough to get on television. So, uh, (laughs) so that's, that's about right. So I'm right there. There in the middle, just fine. Okay, when did you when did you say you auditioned? What year? Uh, I want to say it was around 2010 ish or so. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, or maybe it was a couple years before that because it was right before I moved to Los Angeles. And um, you know, it was uh, I, I did okay. The like the producers yeah. had me sing like one song. Uh, they liked my first one. They asked me to sing another, which I blew. And uh, you know, it was it was a cool experience though. But it was like. We had to like get out there at like five a.m. to get in line, and uh, you know, waits all day to see a producer to get told go away. So you know. Well, this is fearing so, the lead. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Sasha, but <laughs> you just dropping that—that's like me coming on as a guest saying, "I love the movie Basic Instinct." Oh, by the way, <laughs> I fucked Sharon Stone. <laughs> I mean, this is the, no. The story would be if I didn't fuck Sharon Stone. True. Yeah. I very much. She said I was right. neither they, good they, or they, bad. They wanted nothing to do with the micro <laughs> business. Neither they were fucked. Like, Get the no, hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. No, uh, did not it was. Fuck. But you know, it was. Uh, you know, despite the rejection that I got from them, I still love American Idol. Maybe more. Maybe because I know that they're they're too good for me. Uh, maybe it's something mm-hmm. to. Maybe that you goes through a deep psychological problem somewhere. Was it a painful experience going in? I'm, I'm just fascinated by that. Like going in, did you feel like, oh, this is going to be a disaster? I'm doing it for just to know, or going in where you're like, you never know, I might just crush it. Like, what, what were yeah. you thinking? I think that that's sort of where I was at. I was like, you, you don't know, who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll get through. Maybe I'll at least get to like uh, go to like the Hollywood round and get to go to get flown down to Hollywood where I can get rejected there. Uh, you know, I remember I, I I practiced a bunch going in. I was my song audition song was um, uh, by U two. I did you can't. Uh, I'm I'm gonna get the name of this wrong. Can't always. Uh, I'm not. I'm not even think of the name right now. But mm-hmm. I did a YouTube song. And I did a Stevie Wonder song lately by Stevie Wonder, and uh, and yeah, like I was like, I think I was fine. Like like I said, um, but you know, I, I went in, made made friends with other people auditioning. Uh, got to go check it out and saw Ryan Seacrest. He was there, um, and yeah, it was fun. But like. I and, and and I was very sad when I did not get advanced, yeah. and I remember like like walking out being like stupid, you idiot, <laughs> like how oh how could you blow it? Because I like I spent so much time practicing my first song. Oh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. That's the U2 song I'm thinking of. Mm. I was getting the, yeah. right. some of the words from that, and some of the words from "You can't always get what you want" mashed together in my brain. Right. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I did so, that U2 song and then like my Stevie Wonder song, I was okay on, but like, I, mm-hmm. I like spaced on some of the words in the middle and they like, they can't have you on there if you don't know the words, because like they're doing like, you have to know a bunch of songs every single week. Uh, and that is a no go if you can't, mm. uh, keep your lyrics in your mind. 
So do you think that's what happened? Um, like- I mean, I think I'm an okay singer, but like, I think it, it really was like uh, between forgetting the lyrics and like, like they might have been like, eh, maybe, and then uh, we're like, nah, nah, we can't. Um, but you know, I think that um, one of the things that I think the show actually learned and like society's kind of changed since it started is like the addition rounds they do a lot less making fun of people than they did back in the day Mm. like back in the day it was like they would ridicule people like there would be people who like clearly probably had some sort of uh mental issues like mental health issues they had um you know maybe a learning disability and like they would get mocked and put on Mm. national television to make fun of and now Mm. the the auditions are almost all basically inspiring it's basically like all uh everybody's like solid has like an emotional story um and they they don't do very much in making fun of folks like i i'd miss though the the feeling that like someone might not advance like you kind of always know who's going to go ahead and who won't now so yeah very ted lasso of them just keep yeah exactly it's like we live in a Ted Lasso world now. So. Th- those were my favorite ones. I was a uh, uh, just my prior experience with American Idol. I was a day one fan, and then as it got along, I think I started to get that uh, repetition problem with any reality show that you get, where you're just yeah. kind of like, okay, I'm over it. And I continued to watch the first like four episodes. That's all the auditions. Up and and some of like okay this is our twenty people because I really liked how kind of raw and fun those yeah. episodes are, um, but then I fell off completely as it continued to go on. Never didn't watch those anymore and maybe, and I didn't notice at the time. It is because what you're saying of they change from making fun of the people to all being inspiring, which actually. I, I don't want the, these people to be made fun of, but I think you see the strings more of these inspiring stories and not just with american idol but with the voice every time the voice is the worst it it really is and i was gonna say like um that's the thing that happens to me is about every year or two i think i'm gonna check out the voice i like singing shows i then i can i always get a couple episodes in and i'm like i can't i can't do it i'm out um because the difference is that, like, what makes American Idol, I, I guess what I appreciate about it is the storytelling, is that, like, they give you these, like, stories that are obviously, like, you know, they push up the emotion, they make you feel, they bring on people who, like, they're like, yeah, my wife just got in a terrible car accident. Oh, they always uh, do, like, the background packages first. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Like, they do mm-hmm. the background packages, you get to know the person, while the voice is all driven by the celebrity judges, which I think is also entertaining, but it is uh, a very different kind of thing and it's not about telling the story it's about um competition and those dynamics a lot more than i think on uh american idol and i think that that's like why i'm a writer why i'm a journalist because i like i like storytelling um so i i think that i dig the the slightly fake stories that american idol tells like slightly you know, going it was it was fake from the beginning like kelly clarkson already had like done demos and stuff before she was ever on american idol like they they make everybody seem like they are coming from nothing and nowhere yeah, i just picked up uh, a microphone for yeah. the first time 10 seconds exactly. ago yeah, remember Carrie Underwood, her first episode, it's like the, the, the package for her is like, oh, I helped my dad out on the farm and I never flew in on a plane is before. Her, isn't and, her dad like a musician? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Like a lot of them like have family music. Like they, they've gotten a little more um, pulling back the curtain a little bit more as time's gone on. Like they've uh, they, they are at least OK with saying like, hey, this person 
Like their their dad was in an eighties rock band. Let's talk about that and like stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there. It's not quite as fake as it once was, but also um, you can still see the uh, see the strings, like you were saying. Yeah, they can't hide it now anyway, and I think that's why it got less negative too. Is the internet and everybody yeah. having social media? That's you know pretty much to 2010 and beyond. You're gonna look. Yeah, Simon hey. Cowell was just a TV troll. So uh, you know, now we get enough trolling online. We don't need that on our reality show. Yeah, now like if you did make fun of uh, what's it, like um, Hung, what's his name? Yeah, William, William, William Hung. Hung. If he showed she up, bang, she bangs today, and we made fun of him on the show, or they did, he would then be driven to suicide on social media just by the nature of how people are. But William Hung could just ride that out into celebrity back in the day. Yeah, he was he became a, a minor celeb for the, the a year or two there. Like I remember when when I was there in line to audition, they brought William Hung uh, to do a performance uh, nearby, and and it was like William Hung's here. It's, this could like, be oh, you. <laughs> you could be rid- ridiculed by America. Yeah, I mean he used it. He is the Tommy Wiseau of American Idol. I mean, you know, like, uh, now we can just do that by saying something stupid on Twitter and becoming the main character for a day. <laughs> Sasha? Do you think you, uh, Mike, do you think you've seen all episodes of American Idol? I haven't seen all of it. And also, I just became a cord cutter uh, in the last few months. So this oh. is my first season of American Idol where I'm not watching the show live. I'm going on Hulu and watching it there. Uh, you know, and, and there there were seasons where American Idol was down, where it wasn't as good, where, um, you know, the stories weren't as interesting, where maybe the talent wasn't as good. Um, you know, I think that there there are it's one thing they've added over the years, too, is that they let people audition um, via like YouTube video and like or, you know, send in a video online now. So you can uh, don't have to necessarily travel to one of the cities they have a big audition in. Um, they've also started sending out uh, auditions to like more more areas of the country as well, because um, I think like right now, like, uh, you know, it used to be like you had to get on TV to like get famous. Now mm-hmm. it's like, you can get famous if you want to get famous. Like you're, if that's your goal. Go, you know, if you're good, you go, go on TikTok and uh, make it happen. But, um, but, you know, I think that that's part of that evolution is the like now American Idol is like an option, but maybe you could just go do it by yourself. Yeah, true. Um, my familiarity with American Idol is very limited on purpose. Um, I wouldn't even call myself a hater. It's just probably something I checked out. I, I remember like the very blurry uh, memory of watching, yeah, like people, you know, making fools out of themselves. And yeah. and, and, and I, I think I liked it. I, and I, here's the thing. Like if I start watching a reality show, I probably would fall for it. Like I would probably fall for any reality show. But I like worked so much on reality TV as an editor even though not American Idol, but like not even like stage shows at mm-hmm. all. But like I feel like I always see <laughs> the strings even before they are being shown because I, yeah. I I've like faked stories, you know. Um, and I also don't necessarily. Here's the thing: like I I I love I love. I don't love singing. Here's the thing: I don't love singing, yeah. but I love Freddie Mercury. Like for example, I love. Like I can watch Freddie Mercury forever, and I to me like that he would be amazing on American Idol today. Like he would be a great judge. He would be awesome, but for some reason this is like where my love for pop music st- stops. I think him. that one of the things that I also really like on the show is 
that thing where you get to watch people get better from week to week. I think that that's the thing mm, that yeah. I don't love as much in the more recent seasons because it's become, you know, folks become a lot more polished. People, you know, they know their social media presences. They um, aren't, aren't sort of like a little bit diamonds in the rough like you got in the early years. Like even if they might have had mm-hmm. a little bit of experience, like a lot of those early folks didn't necessarily have experience playing live or they, um, you know, don't necessarily connect with the crowd in the same way. And you started seeing people with like when Clay Aiken first showed up, he had a really goofy hair cuts and then they they gave him what is still a very goofy haircut but uh, you know on on trend for the time uh and and you know now it's like you know you get to see you used to be able to see like people's glow-ups and now it is uh you know people have already have their youtube videos and their tiktoks and like they have a brand already have a following yes there's already people come on with an established brand which kind of bums me out but like I still think, like, I try to watch The Voice. I can't, like, they they tell very little of the story of the singers on The Voice. Like, it's very much like, you know, that maybe maybe you meet the family. Uh, mostly it's about the judges, whether they like somebody or not, and, you know, competing to get them on their team. And, um, you know, I think that I, I'm still a sucker for, for that. Like, I, uh, I, I want to be wonderfully lied to. Um, you know, I watch pro wrestling too. I, you know, I like my sports fake. I like my uh, music produced. Let's uh, let's do mm-hmm. it. I can wow, I can that's... respect that. Although there's nothing fake about falling off a twenty foot ladder. Exactly, exactly. And I think there should be uh, more of that in the American Idol. <laughs> more ladder falling. Yeah, I mean, maybe you just can have American Idol get into pro wrestling. I'd be into it. <laughs> have you watched any of the other music shows other than uh, The Voice? Do you remember the one? Um, that they were looking for the lead singer of NXS. Yes, I loved Rockstar NXS. Rockstar NXS like, was good. That was maybe like my favorite version of this because, like, the very first season of American Idol, it was more reality showy because they had like a house they all had to go live in together, and they do like little videos where they're doing wacky stuff at the house, and then they cut that because they were like, "Oh, we this isn't what the show's about." Um, but like. I like Rockstar and Excess because they did wacky stuff at the house. Like, it's, uh, it was fun. And, like, they, uh, and, and, like, I, this, you know, the music's really good. I think that it was, um, and, you know, they, they actually, like, took a guy from that show to be their lead singer. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I watched a lot of other music shows too. Like, I watched, there's one music show that I really loved, and it went a couple episodes and got canceled, and there was never <laughs> any winner because oh, no. the show did so terribly. Uh, and I, I remember going on Wikipedia, and like it's like it's like there was they they like said like we'll see you next week, and they did not see us next week, and nobody won this contest. Oh, no. I think they had to settle with people like and pay them something to because they promised them a prize, but uh, there was no prize to be had. Do you remember what it was called? I th- I want to say it was called like the one or something like that, and it was I know it was hosted by a Canadian host who used to be a host on Much Music, I believe, uh, the Canadian MTV. But uh, uh, yeah, like I, oh, I was gonna say another thing about why I love a thing like American Idol is that uh, you know growing up I was a big MTV fan. I like wanted to be a VJ so bad, uh, and you know I I also. When I visited New York City, I did a request for TRL when that was a thing mm-hmm. out in Times Square, um, and so I think that like uh, I I like that uh, you know production storytelling thing. Yeah. Did, yeah. Uh, were you gonna ask some Sasha? I got a hot question. 
after you. Hot no, I, I, you, 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 I can tell you're burning. You're glistening a little bit. You should just go. So uh, where? So we see that it's changed so much in the 20 years from making careers to now, like careers can be made on their own. And we know the music industry is even changing more. Where do you see this show in five years, 10 years, and 200 years? Uh, you know, I think I'll start. <laughs> let's see. I'll start at the end. Uh, robot hosts. Um, maybe hologram hosts. I don't know. Is there a robot Ryan Seacrest? In Brian Dunkelbot's hoping... Revenge. <laughs> I am hoping that Ryan is a brain in a bottle and still hosting. Uh, he's like That's to assume he's not a brain in a bottle right now. True, true. I assume it's just an advanced <laughs> body now that he's got him going. Like, he is the one consistent thing. Like, he's hosted since the beginning. It was like him and Simon Cowell were the two big personalities. Then Simon mm-hmm. Cowell left to go do America's Got Talent and The X Factor, which is another one of those music reality shows. Um <laughs> And uh, and Ryan Seacrest is the one guy left from the beginning. So I kind of, as long as there's an American Idol, I think Ryan Seacrest still needs to be a part of it. So 200 years from now, Ryan Seacrest, whether it's his ghost or a robot, it'll it'll be there. Um, let's see. In 10 years, I think that there will not be <laughs> network television. Uh, we will mm, and streaming services. Bye bye fellowships. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like I mean, it's just well, it's going to be the HBO Max fellowship, the mm-hmm. you know the Hulu mm-hmm. fellowship, whatever. Like. Uh, you know, 10 years from now, no more network TV, um, but there will be, and also like, you know, part of the thing with streaming is that stuff has to be very targeted and you have to go seek it out. You can't just like stumble across, like that's what American Idol got, how it became a thing is that people stumbled across and were like, oh, this is nice. Uh, I'll, I'll check this out. And it's not like a show that people seek out on their streaming service necessarily. So I'm very curious to see, like, do do shows like this work in a streaming era? Like, does the voice mm-hmm. work anymore? Like, at least the voice has those personalities, though. I think you, like, need to have those big celebrity things to draw somebody in. I don't think you could do the original version of American Idol anymore in the streaming era. Yeah, I do know um, uh, Rhythm and Flow did pretty well on Netflix. I don't think it did as well yeah. as, like, American Idol did or yeah. maybe even does. But that was a... A music competition show that they seem to check this out. out. Uh, yeah, like I know that there are, like I, there are still other uh, things that do well, but I feel like they have to be more targeted. Like they have more targeted demographics. It's not just like America will like this. The next it's big like, pop star. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. there's yeah. there's something grotesque but, about that too now. Yeah, right. Oh, part of my other personal involvement is I also was in the studio audience for American Idol a couple of times, uh, which is sort of fun to see the behind the scenes and how some of the seats in the audience are really terrible and <laughs> you can't actually see anything. So, oh, no. uh, but it's, but you can hear the music. I remember like one, one year I was sitting, I got a seat behind the stage. So you're like above the stage. So like on, you can be seen on TV, <laughs> but like the performers are performing in the part of the stage. You cannot see from these seats. So it was a lot of listening to, to these performers, uh, on that show but uh but i was like oh this isn't this isn't fun anymore um and i also went to a taping of the sing-off i think that was my favorite because uh i was an acapella fan as well um and speaking of choirs my college had an acapella group they auditioned for and did not get into but the guy in the dorm room next to mine got into so like i got to be there as the acapella group came and we're like you won and like got that guy and took him to induct him into the group and well i was sad and alone and not meant to be an acapella but but look at you uh, you came back strong you're like you know what i'm gonna go audition for american idol now Mm -hmm. and also get rejected from them (laughs) 
But you know, uh, no, I'm not better. I'm not better at all. Uh, I have some dirt on, uh, uh, <laughs> on the judges, uh, at least on Seacrest. Uh, well, on Seacrest, Simon and Paula Abdul mostly. Um, I guess Jay, my husband, used to work a lot on American Idol as, uh, I guess, camera operator, because that was a while ago. And I asked him, here's what I texted him. Is Simon a piece of shit, question mark, or Seacrest? And this is what he said. Seacrest is nice. Simon is very aloof and cocky. When I wasn't on it, Paula Abdul was wasted constantly. They couldn't shoot with her, shoot with her for too long before she couldn't talk straight, oh, no. slurring her words ba- badly. <laughs> I've heard that about Paula over the years. I know when I know when I went to the, one of the seasons of the show, Simon was still on it, and I remember he like every time the cameras were turned off, he left for a smoke break. Like he was mm-hmm. just like every break, he's like, "I'm out. I gotta go smoke." Like I'm like, "All right, uh, you can't can't sit through one show." Um, but, uh, but yeah, like it was, um, I've, you know, there were also like accusations against Ryan Seacrest a few years ago that he, uh, managed to dodge ultimately. Um, I, you know, I was like, he got, he got real close to getting me too, but not quite. Mm. Interesting. He, he so, so I, I, I don't know the truth. I haven't, uh, but I've seen some stuff about Ryan Seacrest. So, uh, you know, feet, uh, your heroes all have feet of clay and, uh, I know. yeah. Better never ask, uh, never text uh, your husband with some dirt in yeah, the what's behind all. behind. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the judges, what is your favorite judging trio? Oh man, I think that um, my favorite judging trio was actually with the uh, reboots. I want to see the first season of the reboots. I like how the judges were that season with because uh, Katy Perry was actually honest her first season on the show. Uh, first she no season, is? she would like rip people apart if they weren't singing oh. well. She would like tell people like that wasn't good. You are not good enough. This isn't you know you're not delivering. Then I remember like as it went on like she got sick of being the one telling the truth while the other two would like be like oh it was good you're you're wonderful etc. And so like then she became fake the rest of the seasons because now she's. Mm. Now she does, like, sort of big character stuff. She puts on wacky costumes. She wears a lot of wigs, sort of her thing. Um, but, uh, but like, that first season, she was, like, giving actual critique, which I, I love to see. Um, Jennifer Lopez also did that when she was on the show. She gave, like, I was like, oh, this is actually genuinely helpful information that she is sharing. Um, as a music nerd, that was actually probably the, the best run. Was It was, like, Jennifer Lo- Lopez, Harry Connick Jr., and they, they both were really good, gave really good feedback. And they also had um, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, who less good feedback, but fun. Right. Um, and who's your favorite contestant? My favorite contestant, uh, have to go, like, Kelly Clarkson. I mean, you they've never yeah, beat Kelly Clarkson. I like, I, I uh, that was the one year I didn't go to the concert tour, but I did go to see Kelly Clarkson live a few years ago. And it's one of the most, it was one of the best concerts I've seen. Like, she has, you know, incredible voice. Um, you know, incredibly dynamic personality. Like she's like, like I still feel like this is the prototype for what I want from a pop musician. What I want from an American Idol. Um, and uh, and yeah, like as the show went on, it became like there were a lot of seasons where there would be more and more country singers kept either getting further or winning because like that's that's like what the middle American viewers of American Idol wanted. Mm. Um, so uh, it's you know I you got further away from that Kelly Clarkson prototype. Um, you know, I, I'd always be like, like, please don't let the country person win, please, please. <laughs> like that's, 
that's what I want this year. Like, I've grown to appreciate country music, I think, thanks to American Idol. Uh, sort of, like, wor- wormed its way into my brain, and I was able to be like, you know, it's not that bad. It's good. So, um, but, uh, but like, I, I always will go for the, uh, the pop music person. Um, you know, I've also had... There's, like, other, you know, great talents over the years, and um, both folks who, who did really well and people who disappeared and were never heard from again after American Idol. So uh, they can go, go all sorts of different directions. And my favorite was, because I learned a lot about <laughs> who and what's going on in general, American Idol, from <laughs> you uh, sending the links to what yeah. uh, watched before the podcast. And I really liked Arthur Gone. Yeah, he's fun. It was... Um, Interesting because he did he did pretty well. He was top ten. He uh, uh, made it pretty far that season, and then I believe that he got eliminated. But then with all the COVID stuff, they brought him back like a season or two later to fill in for somebody else who dropped out of the contest. So it was like, oh, Arthur Gunn's back, like as a like surprise contestant. Uh, so it's it was it was it was. Like the season of American Idol during the beginning of COVID was the most fascinating because it was like you had like Ryan Seacrest shooting from his home. You had like all the contestants were all in their backyards and had to like film themselves mm-hmm. like at home for their contests. They had like a weird like satellite hookup with like the live band to do the music for the each contestant, and it was like uh, it was such a great example of like. Like what? What's gonna happen now? How do you how do you make TV like this? Yeah, like those yeah, early SNL sounds... episodes. Yeah, exactly. It's like those like those weird SNLs when they were like, "How do you do an SNL in the pandemic? Do we just like shoot stuff and like do we do we just put on Pete Davidson's rap videos he makes with his mom?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> to me, that and also a man running a marathon on his balcony is yeah, just gonna exactly. stay with me. As memories of things people did during pandemic <laughs> to still yeah, to like, still keep pushing forward. And I think that's one of the things I love about the show is that it is like a very interesting snapshot of where we are as a culture at the time, each of the you know, years along the way, whether that's like those early days of like trying to become pop singers. It was like you know, the beginning of American Idol, it was coming right out of the years of like Backstreet Boys in Sync, Britney Spears, um, the sort of pop music takeover of the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, and then like you saw as music evolved and got away from that throughout like two thousands, twenty tens, um, you you lose the monoculture and then you get to like a lot weirder folks are able to get onto American Idol. Like there was um a guy who won a couple years ago is like a super unique singer who had like really great guitar playing ability, uh, Alejandro. I think he might have been one of those clips. Yeah, I've seen. yeah, that one um, was really that mm-hmm. that guy was like, yeah. if you put him on in two thousand two, he's yeah, he, he would not go. Yeah, yeah no one, like, no one. But he's so incredible at the same time. Yeah, and like, and also who people vote for, like you know, the diversity of folks who won changed so much over the years. Like you have the early years, it would always be like. Like Jennifer Hudson was on the show and she got like sixth place uh, because like, you know, that was a show where, you know, there are probably a lot of voters who are racists. Like they're not going to vote for Jennifer Hudson, uh, you know, and there there are years where it's like, oh, clearly the the cute white person won. Whether like uh, and there's would always be like a cute white boy who would like make it to at least the top couple. Um, and then, you know, now it's not that anymore. 
Also, I know Simon Cowell gave interviews back in the day. Season two, he like initially, he like intentionally shaded his comments so that Clay Aiken wouldn't win because he they they were worried about what would happen if they had a gay winner of American Idol. Mm, yeah. uh, oh. And so, like, he was he was very intentionally oh. like like trying to make it so that Ruben would win, even though Clay mm-hmm. was probably a better singer. Um, mm-hmm. And then season eight, uh, Adam Lambert wins, and he's, uh, you know, out and was, you know, sort of saw the evolution as America becomes more accepting and we get uh, different kinds of winners. I think that's the... Truly American. Very American. The I think that's the problem. The tr- valid criticism of the show is that its uh, selling point is that it's the American adults, the viewer's choice, um, you know, even though there's judges to get the people in there it's like ultimately falls down to the viewers but um there's still the sense of the music industry's hand producer's hand in it and yeah swaying. it's very much that and i feel like there were seasons where you feel it even more because they they added eventually they gave the judges a veto where like there was a week where if like somebody didn't get enough votes they would like could veto the person being kicked off and you could tell they were like using it because like sometimes like there are people who like clearly they want this person to have a career and so they're like no we can't let this person get voted off like we have to we have to you know find a way to save them like how do we ignore America's vote yeah um, and so they they introduced that um, and you know also like things changed because of the internet too a lot like the early days it was like you got on your phone you had to call a number <laughs> yeah. you would call over and over there were mm-hmm. years like i remember calling this like like you know like hours and nights like to try to get somebody to win get the person i want up there but like then they added texting and like that was easier to game uh than the than the phone voting and then now you can vote online um like they tie it to an account but it's also like um you know, they, they, they made it so it's a little bit less, you know, one man, one vote. It's, uh, it's, and, and also, like, now they give you, like, you get, like, up to 10 votes per contestant or something. So it's, like, the numbers don't mean anything anymore because they just wanted to be able to announce, like, a bigger and bigger voting number. Yeah. Because, like, originally they were, like, you know, this many million people voted for the winner, Clay, uh, for a Ruben Studdard in season two. And then, like, uh, you know, then they have to be like, we got this many votes, but it's like, it's, it's a lot. 10,000 for the winner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, there's probably a lot fewer, uh, people who are, uh, fan- maniacally devoted to it than there once were. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I hear, and I see a lot of passion and I think that means that it's time to go to the ratings, Joe. How do the ratings work? Here's how the ratings work. We are going to rate. American Idol on a scale of 0 to 10 using something else as the comparison for our scale. So that thing can be another musical uh, reality show. Or it could be chocolate chip cookies. You're like, hey, chocolate chip cookies are 10 out of 10. They're delicious. And so is American Idol. Whatever you want, that's all you got to do. And if that doesn't make any sense, me and Sasha will go first. And I will go first out of that subset. (laughs) I so I'm gonna rate this against the voice actually why not I held back my thoughts on the voice I let you tarnish its name you could tell you could tell I really like the voice oozing out of your voice it is I I like whatever you were I like the voice because I uh think it it couldn't exist without American Idol American Idol was its uh 
walked so it could run, but it was also the necessary evolution. And I think it sh- it's not pretending as much as American Idol is. I don't know. Those votes, when they say the votes you're talking about, I don't even know if they're telling the truth. <laughs> they might that might just go to a number then they're like who did we want to win Ruben stuttered okay say he got 70% of the votes all right they'll buy that they won't check so i don't know um, we don't know we'll never know we'll never know so it we might as true. well assume they're lying it's safer uh, uh can i i i, I yeah. talked way too much this episode but i said to throw in one thing about That's that what you're here Please. for um, like I, the nerdiest part of my American Idol fandom over the years was, uh, at you know in the in the peaks of its if it's when it was a thing, uh, there was a website where you could download a program that would uh, use like I try, I want to say a modem, but I feel like that can't be a modem. Like it, it, I feel like it was at least modern enough that modems weren't around anymore. But there's like some sort of program where like. I guess like the people who have this program on their computer, they would call in and they would be, you could predict who was going to get kicked off because they were able to see which one had busy signals more often. So they would say like, like, oh, they have like, they have this auto dialer thing and they'd be like, oh, the next person to get kicked off is going to be one of these three. Like we have like a statistical likelihood that it's going to be one of these folks and they'll, um, that are going to get kicked off. So I would always go like, Oh, who's, who's going to get kicked off? What's the, what does the auto dialer say? So at least like, at least semi close to reality. Like it seemed like, uh, you know, that it was, it was one way of verifying maybe that this was close to reality. Although I also have heard that like people were suspicious, like, Oh, they made some people's lines busy more often or, uh, you know, there's all sorts of ways you could game it. So, yeah, they know they're, they're, they're well, gaming they you. Once you say, what does the auto dialer say? You're in trouble. <laughs> when that statement I I mean, leaves your mouth, you're yeah, in trouble, pal. I, I, you know, I get very into things. I have a lot of love. <laughs> I have a lot of love to give. So you sure do. It's, it's, like, it's, uh, very good. it's from American Idol to my, my years doing comedy to pro wrestling. I throw myself all in. Throw my heart on, on my sleeve. Um, you jump off yeah. the 20-foot ladder. Exactly. I jump off that ladder for your entertainment. <laughs> So I will say the the voice, I think still like I can't necessarily watch a season through because I've watched other seasons through. So I'm going to give it a six out of ten. Now, when we go to American Idol, I was there from the start, fell off, saw it come back. It was all very exciting. And, you know, hero's journey. It's, it is the hero's journey. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to have to give it an eight out of ten because it is the OG. <laughs> I mean, American Idol, they brought back the boon for all mankind of the hero's journey that is Kelly Clarkson. So Yeah, it's it, you look at the winners and there is a strong stable there of people who, like you said, have uh, uh, shaped the landscape of pop music. And I think it it just is a part of American culture in the millennium. So like have has any winner of The Voice had an impact yet? Like. Uh, I feel like they're they're really talented people on The Voice, but then like they win, and then I never hear from them ever again. Well, I do think uh, uh, American Idol has more impactful people on the front end of it than in the back end. <laughs> Some of the people that have won in the last ten years, I'm like, I don't even think yeah. you're a real person. <laughs> yeah, there there are definitely folks who, you know, the early years were definitely the shining moment for for them with Kelly Clarkson, season four Carrie Underwood, Chris Daughtry was a thing, like um but like I, I think that 
I'm trying to think, like, I feel like there are a few recent people where I'm like, like, oh, they have, like, a little single, but, like, I don't know, I don't know how you make anybody a star anymore, so... Yeah, it's, it's sort fragmented, of the voice. regardless, yeah. yeah, it's just, we're in a, a micro-niches now. How about you, Sasha? Are you in a micro-niche? I'm the hater. <laughs> I'm the hater. I, uh, you know, I haven't seen American Idol because I avoided watching it, like... It was, uh, if I ever wanted to watch it, it was right there always. Uh, and I, I don't know, to me, it's the height. With, as much as I, I, I hate sounding like a hater <laughs> on this show, on Shut Up, I Love It, because it's a Shut Up, I Love It. But it also would be a lie to mm-hmm. pretend that I'm anything but a hater when it comes to American Idol. Right. To me, it's the height of mediocrity. Oh. It's, it's the height of mediocrity and it's uh um it's it's also you know i i'm not saying it's the worst thing in it that it's people are watching and i can see how it's inspiring but um i will compare it against the most shakespearean of television reality shows which is alone which oh is the best oh my god i should have known you'd drop alone <laughs> we can't stop talking about alone on this podcast oh, man i go i go i gotta look up what alone is Oh, alone. It's not just a reality show. It's uh, a study of human nature, of human condition. It's um, the show that I tell all my TV writing students to go and watch (laughs) to see the clear goals and high stakes and learn how to be good writers. And I tell my actor friends to go watch people on camera by themselves delivering Oscar-winning monologues because this is just real shit's going down right there. And yes, I highly recommend Alone. Alone to me breaks the scale. I'll give it a 10 and it can always break it further next to Alone. Uh, With all my love for Mike, if I could put Mike on the scale too somewhere, he'll be somewhere (laughs) up there next to Alone. (laughs) But American Idol lands at two. All right. All right. Okay. I mean, who cares? (laughs) <laughs> Who cares? Most importantly, what does our guest think? Mike, what yeah, is your scale? Um, you know, I, I was thinking about what a good scale for this would be. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also a big comic fan, so I was going to say, like, I feel like the difference between people who like American Idol and don't like American Idol, it's like the divide between people who like Superman versus people like Batman. Like, people are like, oh, Superman's too cheesy, he's, <laughs> like, all good and happy, and the blue, big blue Boy Scout, and, like, Batman's cool. And, like, we're, like, every, every decade or so, we make another dark Batman movie. Uh, we're like, how do we make him darker? And, and I'm, I'm a Superman guy. Like, I like the, I like the brightness, the inspiration. Um, so I am going to rate um, uh, uh, American Idol a, uh, you know, Superman. He's, he is a, uh, a 10 out of 10. He is the ultimate icon. Mm, a, 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 a per, so good. And then I, you know, compared to that American Idol, like, he's a, it's a, it's a, let's say 8 out of 10 Superman. Because uh, it is, wow. it is like uh, it's inspiring. But you know, you're right. There are strings behind the scenes. That, you know, you can see the strings being pulled. It's not completely honest like Superman is. Um, <laughs> but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, uh, I, I also say that's part of my problem with the voice is that uh, like. I always watched The Voice and was like, I feel the strings being pulled even way harder than on American Idol because I'm always like, uh, I know, I, like, obviously, like, 
who cares that they haven't seen the person? Like, you know what somebody sounds like, and you can guess what they look like a lot of the time, and you're usually pretty close, and that's, and, like, maybe they, like, I don't know how much they tell the judges in advance, but, like, seems like they're at least clued in a little bit, so, so, yeah, I don't, I, and I'll, I, I'll just, I, uh, to that point, I agree, but it doesn't pretend to be otherwise. So <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. All. Like, it's, that's all it's, it's I mean, uh-huh. it's named. It's called the Voice. It's supposed to be about the Voice, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I think that I I want my my uh, my world to be a little bit more well constructed. Mm-hmm. I want like a universe, like a comic book universe, a pro wrestling universe, I an American Idol universe. Oh and, wow! Yeah, keep, I love keep that. Locked in there. Very world building of you. Yeah, I love yeah. world building. And I think world you building. nailed the uh, yeah. the scale too. You nailed the you. Uh, the spirit of our scale. Good. It, Absolutely. It, and I want to see where voice goes on the scale for you, Mike, too. Where does it land on that the voice, scale? Thing? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, on scale of Superman, it's a one out of ten Superman. Like, it's uh, like maybe it has like some of the talent, some of the powers a la Superman, but it doesn't have any of his honesty, his integrity, uh, what makes Superman great. It's so a villain, I gotta, really. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'd say that I would. Uh, you know, my, my other favorite singing show is The Sing-Off. I love the acapella. It is also very fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also as, like, you know, honest judges. I love an honest judge who, like, gives actual feedback to people. Like, so uh, Ben Folds on that show was real good. They had one of the guys from Boys to Men was on The Sing-Off, which he was, Sean Stockman was fantastic. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I like honesty. Honesty within certain boundaries. So let's throw Sing-Off on the scale as well. Uh, yeah, okay. Sing-Off on the scale, I would say... It is a seven out of ten. Okay, Superman. All right. Like it's just it's a step below because like they don't give you the personal stories in the same way. Mm-hmm. But there's not like it's these kids are in college mostly, so there aren't that many personal stories because they haven't lived yet. <laughs> so uh, except for although there's one season that had like this band that was all like you know sixty year old dudes and mm-hmm. they were awesome, amazing group. So anyway. That's awesome. And let's throw like well, a I nice mean, Caesar salad on that scale, like and chocolate chip cookie for once. Because <laughs> no. you always pitch it and nobody ever no, takes it. I don't. Want I have it. to say though, I was talking. I have to go eat the Girl Scout cookies I bought now because it's oh, all this cookie talk. That sounds delicious. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for this amazing conversation, and also thanks for this amazing scale. Like when people <laughs> take the scale and make it their own, I feel like that's like highlighter of my day, Joe. Uh, I, well, yeah, I, they made I really it their enjoyed own it and yeah. nailed it at the same time. Like you somehow yeah. got the curriculum and then said, "I'm mm-hmm. gonna just like add a little bit of micro on it." So good. I understood the assignment. I, I, I'm glad I was able to to uh, be a part of it. Thank you so much <laughs> for letting me talk at you about American Idol. Uh, I'm going to give was, you another chance to talk about something else before you go. Sure. Uh, your book. Tell people yeah. about your book. Please. Uh, so I wrote a book. It ended up being my pandemic project. When I started <laughs> it, I, I got the offer to write this book in August of 2019, just like l- less than a week after my mom died. Mm. So it was a, like it was like a crazy time. I took a while deciding whether I was going to do it. December 2019, I was like, I, I signed the paperwork. I was like, all right, I'm going to write a book about 30 Rock. Uh, <laughs> me plans to go travel, go try to interview people in New York. Mm. Uh, and then March 2020, something funny happened. And uh, instead, I spent my pandemic uh, doing Zoom calls with a lot of uh, people talking about 30 Rock and why it's 
one of the best sitcoms of all time, why it is a fantastic, um, you know, inspiration as, you know, I'm somebody who, uh, you know, spent years in LA as a comedy writer doing stuff at local theaters. And like that show's writing was so good and so Mm -hmm. inspiring. And also a, a big thing in my book that sort of, I think it would have been part of it anyway, but like, um, with, you know, the protests in 2020 and being, like, uh, more of a cultural sensitivity, I think it became even more important to also look at where did the show fail? Because, like, it's a show that did blackface multiple times over several years uh, because, like, that's how, like, woke white writers would say, like, hey, look, we get it. Let's let's make fun of blackface. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I remember inter- doing an interview with a, a black TV writer and he was talking about, like, you know, not a lot of black people are doing jokes about blackface. So um, maybe think about that. <laughs> um, so, you know, like I, I look at where it failed. I look at where it succeeded. It's like clearly genius. It's also clearly problematic in parts. Um, but like I, I can embrace both those things. Like uh, like I embrace both the the music and the fakeness of American Idol. Like um, <laughs> like pro wrestling. Like I, I embrace the storytelling while also dealing with the fact that it's an industry where a lot of people did steroids and died. And mm-hmm. um, you know are, are, uh, there's no there's no perfection out there. Um, but I love Thirty Rock, and um, I had a great time interviewing people about it. Talking with, I got to interview my childhood heroes. I got to talk to Pee Wee Herman uh, about mm-hmm. his cameo, which was awesome. I got to talk with Matthew Broderick. I got to, um, I had a great conversation about the com- the competition between Thirty Rock and Studio Sixty. Oh yeah, which the other show big about deal to me. Night. Big deal to me. Though. Yeah, I got to interview Bradley Whitford talking about that, which was a delight. Um, and Nick Cordry, who was on that show, who's coming back to the Los Angeles comedy thing. He, uh, I remember he talked about how he loved being on Studio 60 so much. And then he was hanging out at UCB, the Upright Citizen Brigade Theater, and he overheard his comedy nerd friends making fun of Studio 60. And he realized, oh, is this bad? Am uh... I on a bad thing? <laughs> um, and, uh, and that was like when he realized what was it, the, the popular conception of Studio 60. Um, so, Shout you know, out. I think that. I have, to, I have to guest on this show soon for Studio 60. Nice. Nice. Yeah, like I I uh and I watched Studio Sixty. I, I you know, I take uh I take comedy very seriously. So you I wrote a book about I was it, like so. I'm right there with them. I'm right there with Nate Cordry and his like talking about how he's in like this the opera house of comedy when he's on that show. So uh so you know, I can be uh you know, self self righteous and so forth and um but yeah, like I, I think that this book is very much like looking at the problematic parts, telling you stories from behind the scenes. It's not like trying to take anybody down. It's not like a gossipy thing. There were people who very much clammed up and would not talk to me after the uh, after the story came out uh, during 2020, where like they pulled the blackface episodes off of streaming. So like, oh, oh yeah, we shouldn't we shouldn't have those there. Um, although I did hear from one of my readers over in Europe. That they are still up on streaming there, so it's apparently just Americans that are worried about seeing there. these things. Yeah, uh, yeah they love that um, there still. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so like you know, check out the book. I also read my own audiobook, so you can uh, you can if you want my dulcet tones. If you aren't sick of me yet, you can listen to the audiobook mm. version. Yeah, just go right um, from this episode to that. I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just uh, you know, just marathon Mike Rowe. Um, That's amazing. Listen to me talking and. Um, 
doing a slight Alec Baldwin impression when I read his quotes in the book. Uh, so, just, just like just like seven percent, not higher. Yeah, yeah than that. exactly. Yeah, like yeah. it was like like the, my my producer was like, "You're doing a little bit of a Baldwin voice when you do Baldwin," and I was like, "It was just like subconscious because like you can't read yeah. the Baldwin line without being Baldwin." But um, but yeah, That's like uh, yeah, it's such a crazy thing to have worked on, and people seem to really like it. The most negative reviews of the book online are say that it's too woke and that I have too much of a social agenda. So yeah, I'm sorry about you, that uh, review. Uh, I've tried <laughs> no, I'm to get sorry. it taken <laughs> down. I, I saw your one star, and then you invited me on here to defend it. Yeah, so. I, I, uh, but I yeah, tried. like so, if you if you are somebody who you know doesn't mind evaluating the good and the bad of something, check out the Thirty Rock book. Um, get incredible. reminded of your favorite um, bits. Where Audible, where else can they find it? On you can Amazon? Get on Audible, you can get Amazon, you can get basically anywhere books are local sold. Local bookstore, go to that. Local bookstore, mm-hmm. please go to your local bookstore, mm-hmm. support your local bookstore. I did a signing at Chevalier's Books here in LA, went and signed some books. Um, and I'm hoping to do some more bookstore appearances as we get out of this pandemic and I travel a bit and get to go go uh, some other places. So uh, keep a lookout for that. And uh, yeah, pick up, pick up the 30 Rock book. Please do. Joe, what's going on with you? Nothing is. Go to JoeCabello.com and you'll see a whole lot of nothing. And you can also get a free scratch-off ticket. Just put your address and uh, $20 PayPal to me. Sounds like a good enough (laughs) deal for me. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Al, for this amazing track. And thank you for listening.